Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Writing Excuses, episode one. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. And I'm Dan. And let's start with it. Um, How do you brainstorm, Howard? Brainstorming requires more than one person. I can't do it by myself. Okay. Expound, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting ready to start the next Schlock Mercenary book. I need to come up with plot ideas. One of the first things I do is uh, drink a bunch of Diet Pepsi and take a bath. Okay. We'll leave it there for a minute, Dan. <laughs> I, I, Howard is taking a bath with some Pepsi. I, I at least he's not <laughs> taking a bath in some Pepsi. What? what? I, I, I've, I've come to the realization that Howard's brainstorming is much more interesting than mine. <laughs> I, I don't want to get into how interesting his is. What, what do you do, brainstorming? Oh, man. I Brainstorming for me is really more of a, uh, it's a culmination process. It's... The, the, the point at which I realized that all of the many ideas I have in my head actually fit together really well, and some kind of event will trigger that response. Um, at, af- after that, I don't consider it to be brainstorming anymore. I consider it to be... Uh, outlining? Know, outlining, Okay, yeah. we'll do outlining next. Okay. Uh, brainstorming for me is actually similar to what Howard does, um, but not at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I said, <laughs> when I brainstorm, yeah. I have to have more than one person. Uh, <laughs> that's true. You did say that. Um, I, um, I turn on music. <laughs> I turn on music and go to, the, go to the gym. Podcast. <laughs> um, I work out. I turn on something that's dramatic, um, maybe a movie, movie soundtrack, uh, maybe something. I turn on something dramatic, and I listen and brainstorm. And then I get home, and I write down the ideas. However, what are you doing? That's probably the most important part Mm -hmm. right there, is that as soon as you've got the idea, you're writing it down. It's a trap that I find myself falling into a lot. I'll come up with a bunch of good ideas, and I'll think, oh, this is awesome. I've got what I need. Now I can go to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) And then you forget (laughs) it. Go in the morning. I can't tell you how many times I've woken up in the morning thinking, oh, that was that great idea for that story that, ah, what what is that great idea? I'll spend the next day trying to get it back. Um... So the advice, carry a notebook with you, is actually really good advice. Um, I actually use my phone as my notebook. But it's advice that has become almost cliche yeah, among has. writers, and mm-hmm. yet it's absolutely true. You have to have you know, your notebook by your bed. You have to have something you can write stuff down on. And you have to figure out when you come up with ideas. I come up with ideas at the gym, when I'm driving places long distances. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the motion does, why, but, and then when I'm going to sleep. Those are the three times for me, and I, so I need to have the troublesome one is the driving because, um, you know, I know kids these days can text while they're driving, but I can't take notes while I'm driving. Kids Not safely. Not safely. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. I find that I brainstorm most effectively when I'm doing something boring and there isn't a distraction mm-hmm. and, and when my mind is, uh, is alert. Yeah. Um, the, the, the plumbing related activities, you know, mm-hmm. taking a shower, <laughs> taking a bath. If there's music playing, 
I'll relax and I'll listen to the music and the brain shuts down. Mm. If there's no music playing, then the voices in my head start to yammer and, and yell at one another, and that's where the interesting stuff comes up. If I drive, I turn off the music if yeah. I'm trying to brainstorm. You know what? I do too. I used to leave it on. I've started turning it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I've found something about the driving in sync isn't just engaging enough to make my mind alert and the, make the ideas flow, but add a little bit too much more, and it doesn't work anymore. You know, for me, uh, chores, yard work, mm, yeah. is, is one of the very best times to come up with ideas because I'll be out there shoveling snow or raking leaves or whatever, and it's just very monotonous, mowing my lawn for a half an hour in, in endless circles, and that's when the ideas will start to come, and yeah. I'll be able to form little chunks of dialogue that will spark storylines and things You know, like ha- if you're having trouble brainstorming, go on a walk. Don't take any music with you. Go on a walk. I uh, did a paper route when I was a kid, and I can trace some of my idea, some of my desire to be a writer back to walking for 45 minutes a day, having nothing else to do, and daydreaming. I can remember the patches of sidewalk that I was traversing mm. when certain <laughs> schlock mercenary wow. storylines or punchlines came to me. Wow. wow. That's impressive. Okay. Um, anything else on brainstorming? Any other tricks before we move on? Let's move on. All right. Outlining. Howard, how do you outline? Lately, I use WikiDPad, which is a personal wiki. You know, okay. Sits on mm-hmm. the sits on the computer. Uh, often, though, I will fall into the trap of trying to format the pages, and I realize I'm falling into that trap. So I just pop open Notepad on my computer mm-hmm. and just start typing. Yeah. I just gotta I've got to write it down as fast as I can and not worry about the tool. Eventually, though, yeah, I jump into WikiDPad and I link character names mm-hmm. and plot names and place oh, names. Oh, now that's a great idea, linking the names. sounds very cool. But it's, wow. it's the, the trap you want to avoid falling yeah. into is becoming enamored of the tool. Uh-huh. Oh, wow, this is a hyperlink. And you find yourself clicking back and forth on these links. <laughs> Look Ooh. how clever I am linking these stories. and I could link to Wikipedia itself on this one just to remind myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Dan, what do you do that one? Um, I, I, I uh, want to say first the importance of writing stuff down when you get again to the outlining page is, is I think so much better with my fingers than I do with my brain um, that uh, I can have several unformed ideas and then when I sit down to write them there's about a million other much more formed How ideas. How do I know what I think until I see what I say? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And when, Once it gets out of my brain and onto a page it makes so much more sense to me. Um, tricks? I don't know. I, I tend to keep several different files. I, I will always have one of, these are the characters in my book. And then whenever I have a new idea for a character, I will go in and I will modify that entry. And then I have another file that's open, and these are just word files, that will be, these are all the events that I know need to happen. I'll worry about you know, putting them into the timeline later. But, for example, I know one of the characters has to have a big fight with their mom in this part. And I know another character has to do something else in, in and so I'll just keep all of these different lists and I usually have four or five um, and then eventually once those are hefty enough um, they will start to suggest connections and I'll be able to put them into a chronology mm. and at that point I'm ready to go see I um I did used to do something similar to that and I've moved to using the Microsoft Word document map tool which is essentially just an outlining tool uh, you can make different various um, paragraphs, headings, and stick other ones underneath it. Um, and when I start a new book, 
I open up a new, uh, new document. I name it the book guide. So the Elantris book guide or the, the Warbreaker book guide. And I put plot, setting, character. Usually it's actually character, setting, plot. And I just go down and I start saying, who are my main characters? And I jump around a whole lot as just ideas are coming to me and I'm brainstorming and plugging in the holes. Um, so you do the same thing I do, but you yeah. know how to use the programs better. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that. I used to do exactly what you did, and I found having 10 different programs uh, was too confusing, and I'm being able to jump between them in the document map works really well. You know, I think your solution, Brandon, mm-hmm. is going to work a lot better for uh, novelists, you know, pure mm-hmm. text writers, right. yeah. than my solution is. Yeah. I can't use Word for everything because... Uh, well, actually, I do use Word for everything, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. my, my individual script files are individual Word documents that are really more page layout with yeah. text boxes yeah. print, printed into them. So I have to transfer my outline to another document anyway. Mm-hmm. I can't work all in the same document and start writing chapter one. Mm-hmm. But for novelists, yeah. what you're doing is perfect. Yeah. Um, well, the other... One thing I do want to say, though... Um, you have the danger of world builder's disease when you use anything like this. I was gonna, I was gonna jump on that. Yeah. Anytime I start outlining, there is a world-related story I want mm-hmm. to tell. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, the Terraport Wars, yeah. and here's this big epic scope. And immediately, I have to pull back and say, okay, and how are my characters? driving reader interest in this massive backdrop. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if there isn't a character story going yep. on, the reader doesn't care. Yep, exactly. There used to be a time when you could get away with um, more setting pieces and whatnot. People want character. People want character and they want conflict. And rightly so, I think. That's the soul of story, is characters in conflict. Um, and we'll probably do podcasts on that. But I think this... When I run into... I, I teach at BYU. I teach creative writing, science fiction, and fantasy. And um, so I read a lot of work by aspiring writers, and I run into two groups of people who are having trouble writing. One group is the, I write a chapter, and then I jump to something new. And generally, those people have not done much outlining or planning for any of their books, and so they, they spend a short amount of time working on something and then kind of get stuck, or then realize, oh, I'm going to need to build this background for this, and then they get bored and they jump to something else. Yeah. But there's another group who sits with their note files and spend years plotting out and planning and saying this battle happened in this one place that is, you know, it's irrelevant to the plot and the conflict, but it's so much fun for them to world build that they'll spend years and years outlining. Um, And I think both are a danger. Um, It depends on the person how much of a danger. I tried once to give myself world builder's disease because I tend to, I tend to only world build for about a month. Um, And world build means for me character plot and setting, book build essentially. Um, and once I said, I'm going to do six months of this, um, and I'm just going to work and work and work. And I had this oh, 100, 200-page document. I think it got to 300 pages filled with notes, and it was too much. It was too much information. My wiki was like that in 2004. Mm-hmm. Right about the time I quit my day job, I sat down and filled this mm-hmm. wiki with little pages of the characters. And the funny thing is, it's because I'm writing a serial yeah. I'm writing about stuff that I already know. Mm-hmm. I'm writing it all down in one place, so I don't have yeah. to refer to other uh, you know, strips online. But it was repetitive, but it was very soothing. I'm feeling that, look, I'm writing my very own encyclopedia. It wasn't world building. It was yeah. ego building. <laughs> and I needed to stop. 
You've got a different task, though, because um, you, I think, I've only done a trilogy. It's the longest um, I've done. And I don't need to keep track of as many characters as you do. You've got, you know, this whole crew of mercenaries. You've got to know who they all are and things like this. That is actually a, a disadvantage for, you know, writing, writing some stories. It's a huge advantage when it comes to starting something yeah. new, which is the position I'm in right yeah. now, because I can say, well, I kind of know where they are, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen next, but I know where they are. I can just start writing dialogue. Mm-hmm. Whose point of view is the most interesting? Let's see what engages me, because if the voices in my head start yammering and are engaging me, odds are good they'll engage the reader. Um, I want to get back to something Dan said earlier, which was, I thought, um, very important. Um, Talk to us. You said when the ideas start to come together. Mm-hmm. What makes those ideas come together? How do you know which ideas are interacting well together? How do you decide? Oh, that is a very hard question to answer. Um, because sometimes the, the culmination of those ideas can come in very weird places. Uh, for, for the book that I'm in the process of selling right now, it came while I was driving home. I would drive home uh, past uh, Utah Lake every day. And at one point it just hit me that this lake had to be in my book. And somehow that made many other elements all come together. And it was just because of the way they related to this lake. You've read the book. The lake is not a very important part of the book. And yet that was the keystone that helped me get it laid out in my mind. You did try to get me to cut the (laughs) lake the first time. I now understand the power of the lake. Um, I, I actually read recently an essay by Neil Gaiman where uh, he said the same thing happened with him in American Gods. It was a trip to Iceland mm-hmm. that uh, put the book in place in his mind. And if you've read American Gods, Iceland shows up in the epilogue, I think, is the only time mm-hmm. you ever go there. And, and so there's small events that aren't necessarily important to your book but are very important to the way you think about your book. Okay. That doesn't answer your question. Well, I, I think I'll answer mind. my own question, since it seems you're doing something similar <laughs> to what I'm doing, and we're running out of time. This will be my wrap-up comments, and then we'll get a um, wrap-up from, from both of you. Um, for brainstorming, and maybe we'll do another, another ep- episode on pre-writing um, and outlining and things, but for me, the trick with a novel is you need more than one good idea, and you need good I- ideas that have good chemistry. It's like a romance. You need to see these ideas, and you're a matchmaker, and you're trying to match them together in ways that create cool chemistry. Um, and for me, ideas come from all sorts of places. I, it's like, Dan, whatever you, I'm seeing is giving me ideas. Brainstorming sessions are giving me ideas. When I, I know I've got a novel, though, when two or three of those ideas start to stick together and start to have an interesting chemistry, and they're more than the, the sum of the parts is greater. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. Um, and... I see these ideas, and a great example is Mistborn, in which I had one idea for a series of books where the Dark Lord had defeated the hero of prophecy and taken over the world. Um, I wanted to do that. I had a separate idea for a heist story with with a gang of thieves trying to pull off a heist in a fantasy world. Neither of those were enough to interest me until they stuck together, and I thought, gang of thieves trying to overthrow the Dark Lord because the hero of prophecy failed... And so they're going to rob him silly and bribe his armies away from him. Suddenly the two pieces came together and I had enough motivation for the two pieces. And then we've got a full book. So, um, of course, there needed to be more other ideas as well. But we had mm-hmm. the genesis. Closing words, Howard. 
Stephen R. Donaldson said something real interesting in uh, uh, one of his essays, and I can't remember exactly where I read it, but he said you have to take a mundane idea and an extraordinary mm. idea and wed them, and then you have something that generates some conflict. What's funny is that in the essay he said the mundane idea is... I've got this, you know, space pirate bounty hunter, and the extraordinary idea is he has a funny name. And I looked at that and I thought, Mr. Donaldson, that is the worst possible example of this. But I look at your example mm -hmm. of uh, heist in a fantasy setting. Mm -hmm. um, that's a mundane idea. That's kind of a mundane yeah. idea. Mm -hmm. The Dark Lord has won and defeated the Hero of Prophecy. That's an extraordinary idea. Now we concatenate them, merge them, juxtapose them, mm. pick your own word here. And you've got a pre -write. You know what? I think that's even a can of worms. I think we should do an, um, a week on blending the familiar and the, um, the original. I agree. Um, but, Dan, closing words. Closing, closing words, words. I also am going to quote another author, um, Orson Scott Card, in, in his book about uh, writing science fiction. He says that uh, you can't really write a good book about something until you've gestated those ideas for years and years inside your head. But the good news is... Any idea that you have that's good enough to write a book about, you've probably been gestating for years and years anyway without no realizing it, mm. uh, which, which I think is very true for a lot of things, um, that you can look at the, the ideas that you have once you put them together and go, oh, yeah, I actually had you know, an idea similar to this back in high school, and it's just been kind of kicking around in my head. And it's not until something pulls them together, like you said, that mm. uh, it works as a book. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, Howard, Dan, this was Writing Excuses. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.